This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I talked with my friend Salida about the time in our lives where we experienced a breakup in our friendship. This episode is part two of that conversation. Salida and I talk about all the twists and turns our lives made during the time after our friendship ended, and we discuss what happened that brought our friendship back together. Check it out. Okay, so right here, Mm -hmm. y'all, while we're talking through sort of the, I think they call it like the black box when a plane has a crash and they go back and they listen listen. to like what (laughs) happened here. Right. So we're at the point, if that's, if black box is what it's called, (laughs) we're, we're at the point where now we're at the friendship break. Yes. And at this point we are both 24, 25 years old. So we are going to get to where the friendship reconnects itself. But a long period goes by. Really long period. Before it does. Over yeah. 10 years of time goes by yeah. of a break. Oh which my goodness. Of all of the friends I've ever had in my life, that's the longest break that I can ever say I've had with a friend that the friendship actually returned. Because mm. most times when you have a friend break up, and I've had many and you have two, that's that's that that's it's it. like you don't you don't see that person you don't and you know maybe that person doesn't hold enough value for i mean if you're if you're completely honest yeah you know doesn't you know you realize that person didn't hold enough value for this to for us to really put any real energy into rekindling this but it was literally 13 years yeah that, that went by and over that time i think we had moments little small moments all over that 13 year period where we were both reminded this person means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, like the feelings. Okay. So can you track for me and our listeners in the living room here? Yeah. Right. <laughs> While I'm like right. wiping my little 41 right. year old tears. Not, I don't know what that here, is. Like, that was a little uh, dusty. It's a little dusty oh, in here. Oh, the eye sweat. <laughs> it's so hard right now. So we're tangentially sort of, you know, on the very far periphery of each other's lives for 13 years. Still, like, at this time, we've 
joined Facebook. So yes. there were still some things I see there. We were still both in the poetry community in Atlanta. I right. would see you there sometimes. But yes. otherwise, like a whole lot of life went by for both of us. Whole so can you track yeah. from 0405 to us like reconnecting around 2017 time? What is happening Ooh. in your in your life during that time? Oh my goodness. Ooh. Well, first, you cannot put all your friend weight on the remaining friend. Right. That's a word. You just can't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that, I'll I'll say this. I just want to say, I don't think at 40, we're both 40 now, you realize you're mature now. Like you realize there's some things that you've learned some things, you've seen some life, you've experienced some things. And you don't realize how young 20s is. Right. Until much later. Yes. When you are 20 something, you think that you are grown. Mm -hmm. Man. (laughs) And you you think that you know things. Yeah. And and you think that you are supposed to have known these things and that you are supposed to have known how to interact with your friends and how to create healthy emotional boundaries and how to be a healthy and clear communicator. You think, "I'm, I'm 24, like, isn't that something I'm supposed to have mastered by now? Yeah, I've been doing that since I was 15, right? Right, right. Right, right. Did I? <laughs> but once I hit into my 30s, I look back and realize I was young. We were young. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just to give ourselves an opportunity to look back and be like, we still had a lot of life to experience and learn. And and so anyway, in part of that, you know, one thing I hadn't learned yet was just not to overwhelm your friend. And so mm. after you were out of the picture, you know, I had one really close friend left um, that I had a natural rhythm with and everything went on her. And that was too much. It was way too much. Right. And it it damaged us. And so now you have Salida, age 25, all of my closest friends that I had in college, no more. And I don't know how to emotionally regulate. I don't know how to right. live my life. I don't know what it looks like because my whole Atlanta time has been spent with y'all. Right. In some way, shape or form. Yeah. You know, so I went through a, a lot of things like on the interpersonal, emotional side, you know, I I entered into depression, really bad depression for the first time and it had to like, you know, I went to therapy for the first time and had to learn to deal with that. You know, I had to, it went into some uh, like a recovery program, Um, for a myriad of different things we'll get into. So that was happening like on the rebuild yourself Mm -hmm. as a human Mm -hmm. side. And then like professionally and ministry wise, I felt like I was having, I was in my prime. Like some of the most exciting moments of my life were happening in parallel to me disconnecting with you guys and then trying to deal with my own healing. Yeah, You know, so I then became a full-time employee of that church, which is what I always wanted to do. Full-time ministry. Yeah. Let's do it. We had talked about it so much yes, when we, we were in talked, college. We're that like, was, we're be that was the ministry. dream to yes. be in full-time ministry. Yes. That was the dream. Yes. Yeah. We were like looking up to the people that were doing that or the people that were teachers but also trying to do full-time ministry and, you know, being like, no, we're, we're actually going to get paid to do ministry. We're not going to have to do another job, you know. But being excited that I had fulfilled that goal, it was also an IT position. So now I'm actually using my degree. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And my spoken word career also began to really take off. Like, as my poems became more vulnerable, because we went to that open mic together. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Oh my gosh. When we were in, co- were we in college or was it post college? It was a little post college. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We went to this open mic and Cola Rum, an amazing spoken word. Local oh, spoken no. Word. That was in college when we saw Cola. Oh, was it Cola? Oh, that yeah. was and, early in our college time. Oh, my yes. goodness. And we went. Shout out and to Cola Rum, too. Went to this open mic and, you know, it was dark and smoky and hazy in there. And it was, we got on the stage and did our poems thinking we were like killing it. He came up behind us and was like, when you get up on the stage, let me tell you something. Y'all, y'all in college, aren't you? Y'all in college. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ain't lived. You ain't lived. Period. When you get up on this stage, you bear your mother bleep, 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 bleep soul. Yo. And you all did not bear your soul. Hadn't learned it. But post-friend breakup, emotional turmoil, depression, recovery, I knew how to bear my soul. Yeah. So my poems were off the chain at that point. So I was getting bookings. First of all, I was being asked to speak at that church we had now, which which when we started in college was no one had ever heard of it. 
which was now a 6,000 member mega church by yeah. this time, you know, so stint, you know, being on stage was like a privilege and I'm like honing my craft and speaking to like four and five services a day. And then speaking at all these recovery institutions around Atlanta because they heard my story and heard that I executed my story via poem mm. and they wanted to hear it. So I was being booked for that and then being booked for more of that that large white ministry. Yeah. Um, and redacted. then other churches redacted. <laughs> although I, although I, the more we talk, the more I think that I don't want to redact. But I will I for I now. Mean, you know, I, there's, I, there's some... I don't know. Okay. We'll 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 think mm, we'll think it okay. through. But and then other churches being both you know, and feeling what that's like. So yeah. that was really cool. And then transitioning from the IT well, the church, while I was in my IT job, you realized something was changing. Yeah. Like that's when it became clear. I think you had some notion years earlier due to some other things, but it was at that time that it was becoming clear to me that mm-hmm. the leadership was not all that they had cut out to be. Yeah, And so I recognized that I needed to go. So I, I had actually started getting my master's in professional counseling because right. I was like, oh, I need to help people. I've been through a lot. I want to help other people transition through a lot. And I'm going to quit this job. I don't have another job. I'm in school full time. I'm just going to quit. And I like paid off my credit card. I saved up all my money, paid off my credit card, paid off my car, had a friend of mine take over my lease at my apartment. Wow. Partnered with another friend and said, can I sleep on your couch? And I'm going to quit my job and I have an income. And she was like, yes, you can come live and sleep on this futon in my house. And so I severely lowered my financial imprint nice. and got out of there. Wow. Because it was it was becoming that unhealthy. Yeah. But I'll just pause here to say like, um, and this speaks to, you know, a way that you showed up for me later, but- you know, part of the reason I was in recovery and part of the things that I was going to help other people deal with at, you know, with my counseling degree was dealing with your sexuality, mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, how you interact with this world and your faith. And at that time, I knew that I was attracted to women. Yeah. Um, and and also the message was that's wrong. Right. I don't know what you need to do with that, but you cannot live that lifestyle. Yeah. And so here I was trying to navigate the fact that I knew what was inside of me, but I couldn't execute it. But this was making me sad, clinically sad. Right. And showing up in very unhealthy ways in my life. And here I am going through all these programs, like being asked to go to ex-gay ministry programs and like work on that and fast that away and pray that away Mm. and write a spoken word poem about it. If I go back and listen to so many of my old poems in some way, shape or form, I was talking about this subject, but I was doing all that because I'm thinking I'm going to deny this part of myself and pursue my faith. But I recognize that there are younger people coming up after me who are same sex attracted. You cannot see my air quotes listeners, but but I am putting up Large, large air, air quotes, quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I can't believe the way that the language that we used. But, you know, I feel like I need to be able to create a safe space for people who are Christian and queer and give them an opportunity to talk about how they're going to navigate their sexuality and their faith. So yeah. that's why I became a counselor uh, or was pursuing my degree to become a counselor. So all of this is happening at one time, leaving the church And I had a friend who worked for Apple and got me a job at the Apple store, the local Apple store, just so I could like pay my phone bill and gas, you know, in the midst of all of this. And my career really took off from that, like Mm. getting in the Apple store and becoming what they called an Apple genius and a certified uh, Apple Mac technician, then opened the door for me to get a corporate IT Apple position And so my professional career has really skyrocketed ever since that move, leaving the church. Wow. Leaving the church. Finally, finally cutting my ties with that. And and I I just want to clarify for anybody listening, when I say I'm talking about that that physical building at that moment, not like the body of Christ, but that building at that moment, that environment became so unhealthy that it was the leaving that created so much freedom. Yeah. And from there, because I'm now out of this ministry that told me I couldn't date and, you know, or didn't give a a safe environment where I could date or didn't allow me to feel free to go out and meet people. Now that I've left and I'm, you know, doing my thing, I'm thinking, oh, 
why don't I try online dating? Because I've, I've rejected my sexuality. So I'm, I'm saying it's my responsibility to pursue heterosexuality hmm. in my faith, but I'm also going to create safe space for other people that want to pursue their queerness wow. and their Christianity. So I'm like, I'm going to date a man. And I go online. I meet a guy who becomes my husband. I tell him everything. He knows everything. But this is like part of that journey in that 13-year period was all that transition away from that church getting like into a really good tech professional space, meeting my husband, getting married, having a baby. All of that is happening while you and I are like not regularly communicating with each other. Yo. Buy my first house. All right. of that happens right. in my space. Yeah. What's going on in your world? <sighs> Y'all, <laughs> this is why you don't bring your friends on your podcast. You understand? <laughs> I'm over here like in my feelings just hearing you tell me this because some of it it was like I knew tangentially because yes. we still had so many mutual friends and so yes. there would be times that like I might connect with them and that somehow like they'd be like yeah I met up with Salida and we you know and then I would be like oh oh she's working at Apple now okay that's cool that's cool you know or like yeah. seeing like on Facebook when you got married and yeah you know, like, so, like, getting to hear you, like, fill in the blanks of what I was able to ascertain from a distance, right? Yeah. So, on my side, after our friend breakup, while I was processing what to do that led up to our friend breakup, things were shaky with me at the church mm -hmm. because I got privy to some information because of other friends I had that went to church there and that had been going to church there much longer than me, I was privy to the the back end of Disney World right. a little sooner. Right. And at first, I was like, I don't like what it's like back here. There's some things going on back here that ain't right. But I thought to myself, when I'm in the service or with other people in the community, this place is still helping people because the church we were going to was definitely drawing a lot of young Black folks that had grown, some some who had grown up in traditional Black churches that had not been in church for a while, some who had never grown up in church or been around that. And this was like their first introduction to Jesus, to church, to anything. Mm, yeah. And there seemed to be like a lot of good in that. It, the community seemed to be the saving grace for some people. And so I stayed even after discovering some things behind the scenes weren't right. I stayed because I was like, well, I can still do good in this little corner. And I was working in the college ministry. I was sort of the right-hand person to the college ministry leader who was also a friend of ours that we had yeah. kind of gone to school with too. And so I was like, I think I'm just going to stay and just not go on Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm, I'll just mm -hmm. stay and do only this college stuff because I loved college students. Yeah. I still do. So I think I was in that like weird sort of place where I was disconnecting from the church and I knew that we were all so invested in the church that I felt like as my friends, I wasn't sure if it was right or okay for me to tell y'all what I knew. Because then if I told you what I knew, I knew that it would have tarnished mm -hmm. your view of the leadership. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if that was my responsibility to tarnish it for you or if I needed to wait for you to see it yourself. And of course, the way a lot of us grew up in traditional Black church, like you don't speak against the leadership, you know, that, you know, you sort of even telling the truth about what a leader has done could still be misconstrued as you're gossiping or right. you're talking against, you know, the man of God or the woman of God. I grew up in that kind of space. So as I realized, like, some things were shitty under there, I didn't know who to talk to about it because I didn't know if it was good to tell you all. And I think that also made me feel lonely and made me feel like, well, how can I keep kicking it with them? And if I know this, so then I think that was a part of my distance, right? So I kept doing my college ministry stuff. And then some other things went on mm -hmm. behind the scenes that also happened in public spaces at the church. And it was in those moments that I knew I was going to have to leave. 
And that I knew when I left, I still wouldn't be able to tell my friends exactly why I was leaving. And because the church we were going to was unhealthy, it meant that when you left, whatever your reasons, it was going to be construed to people that something was wrong with you, that you were living a life of sin or you were going through something where you weren't trying to be close to God. You was trying to be rebellious. You was whatever. So I knew that was going to happen. And I knew that that meant because I had watched other people leave our church and we were sort of indirectly being told not to be connected to them, that it would be bad for us spiritually to be connected to them because they weren't trying to be like in line with the church. So I anticipated that was going to happen in my friendships too. So then I left probably, it had to be within the year that the friendship breakup happened. Yep. I left and it was a very hard time. I remember almost being like, I don't know who I am and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to have a relationship with God without all these other people's voices and hands in it. Like we came from this sort of Christian type tradition where it was like, you're supposed to be having quiet time every morning before you go to your job. You're supposed to wake up early and read your Bible and pray this prayer and make these notes in your journal. And I don't say that to minimize the spiritual practice of folks. You know, I say that to say it wasn't as important that that moment be authentic always. It was really like, you need to have this routine. And after a while, I didn't even question like, is that what I really want to do? Is that the only way? And and do quiet time be in the Bible? Because I don't even remember that phrase. (laughs) Being in there and like, sometimes people pray in the morning and sometimes they pray at night and sometimes they ask God to kill their enemies. I don't, I don't understand. So I feel like that first year I was wrecked. I was wrecked that I felt like I had to leave my friends. And that I couldn't tell them why I left and that I couldn't even defend what they might be told about why I was leaving. I was wrecked about that. I was wrecked that I felt I had given some good years Mm -hmm. to the church and the ministry. And I had missed out on a lot because of that. I had missed out on dating. I had missed out on a whole city of arts because my ass was too busy in church to actually experience the city, you know? So I also went to therapy for the first time during that time mm-hmm. and dealt with all this, you know, like you'd be going to therapy for one thing. Your therapist be like, also, we need to talk about this and this and this. You'd be like, but I can't be to talk about this. And she's like, we can't talk about that. So we also talk about these things. So it was like, right. let's talk about the church. Let's also talk about your dad. Let's also <laughs> talk about, you know, so yes. it was a lot of like all the healing, yeah. you know, like what you were experiencing. I was out about in the world as a grown adult who could drink. For the first time, that was also a thing in our church yes, ministry thing. Yes, we did thing. not drink. If you were in leadership, you weren't allowed to drink. And really, you weren't allowed to drink publicly <laughs> or around other people. That's probably what it really was. Yeah. I remember being in conversation with people where they would like name, you know, redacted pastor of the church. And they would be like, you wouldn't want to be at the club and pastor so-and-so see you there. You wouldn't want to be drinking wine at the restaurant and he see you there. And I never questioned, like, why is it important? First of all, why he in the club? And second of all, why is it important (laughs) if he see me? Yeah. Like, God literally be everywhere. So I think a lot of it was me, like, realizing that in our unhealthy church structure, the opinions of the people who were in leadership at the church had grown more important to me than actually what God had to say or what God thought about anything. So that was a whole, like, what am I doing? I remember going out to happy hour for the first time and being like, wow, everybody at the table is drinking but me because I'm scared to have a drink. Or I remember being out with friends that I thought were Christians and they were drinking out of a pitcher of margaritas. And I remember being like, this is terrible. I got here to eat dinner with y'all and it's a pitcher? Right. Not just one drink, a pitcher on the table. This is wild. So I feel like there was a lot of adjustment in my relationship with God and to church. I started going to a very well-known white church in the city after that, mostly because it was a place you could kind of go and not have to be talking to anybody. You could kind of go sit in the back of the church or you could go watch it online. You ain't have to like interact with folks. So I think I was definitely going through a spiritual like shift right there that sent me on like a tailspin. Professionally, 
I had decided that I was ready to work in my field, too. Yeah. And I couldn't see that becoming a full-time artist was going to happen. And I thought, well, I need to work corporate and, like, do this. So I got my first corporate job writing for a big Fortune 500, discovered within six months that I hated it (laughs) so bad. Oh, I hated that job so bad. I've talked to y'all about that on the podcast before. So I worked that job. And really, that job is what made me discover, like... I want to be an artist full time. And I think that means I have to do some different things financially. Went through that same thing that you did of like, well, actually, I went through the same thing you did, but I didn't do the things you did. I went through the like, I need to quit. So I just quit and got my (laughs) Christmas bonus. I hoped Uh, that everything was going to open up. Right. And you know, it didn't. (laughs) You know, it didn't. I was dating for the first time, you know, and I had made this commitment that, you know, I mean, of course, the way we were raised up in church and all the like all the no more sheets. Yes. So I was trying not to have sex until I got married. Right. Dating as a grown woman. And doing that, especially not dating dudes, not not necessarily because you date dudes at the church means that they going, you know, because they're not always. But y'all know what I mean. But I was dating guys from all over, from all yeah. different backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So even explaining to them that was weird to them. They were just like, really? That's you? How You're 27? Still? Right. That's you? Still? And they're like, could it be me, though? Like, could I be the first one? And I'd be like, yeah, you have to marry me. And they'd be like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good, but I'm gonna go ahead and pay for dinner. And like, I'm not gonna see you again, but I'm good. (laughs) So figuring out all the dating and for me getting more comfortable with the fact that I am also a sexual being, that I have the opportunity to make these sexual choices because I want to, right? So I think navigating all of that, the dating, quitting that job too soon, going broke. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Moving back in with with another friend of a friend. Then actually making a successful run of being a full-time artist once I got into my early 30s. Then dating this man I really loved, you know? And then being like, this ain't gonna work. Me and you can't, no. And experiencing (laughs) that first, like, I'm like ridiculously in love with someone. Yeah. And I also have had my heart broken. So like all of that, that like helps you bear your soul too. Yes. And then finally getting to Matt. And being like, okay, now, like, this is the thing I'm looking for. Like, here he is. And so getting married in my early 30s and then us sort of going into business together and experiencing Christian space together and all of that. And which we'll get into in a minute, also like experiencing thinking that having kids was going to be easy Mm. for us Mm -hmm. and discovering in the middle of the first few years of marriage that it wouldn't be. Right. And I think on the friend side, I had maintained one friend from high school, a very close friend from high school. And then I was meeting all these people out on the art scene. So I sort of gained those friends. Yeah. And so I did sort of have also the friends that I met traveling who were also speakers and stuff like that. And I think then we arrive to 2017. Yeah. We're now in our like late 30s. Yes. At this point. You know, like you're in this like sweet spot in your career, my career is going right. super great. Although yep. now I'm like, man, it could even be better. Who knew about that? And you are too, though. Now we're like, it, I mean, the sweet spot. But I'm like, is this the sweet spot? Right, 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 right. right. We didn't know. We didn't know it was coming. No, okay. <laughs> so it's late 20s. Yeah. And when do you start your podcast? You start I'm Simply Artistic. Is that 2017, 2016? I think I, I, think I do start it in 2017. Okay. And I'd run it to 2019. Okay. I'd do it for two years. Yeah. What was the idea behind it? when you wanted to start the podcast? So my mission for I'm Simply Artistic is to use psychology, creativity, and technology to help others live healthier lives. Mm. So at this point, I've had a good spoken word career run. I was able to do the artist thing. Yes, I was working full-time as an IT person with it, but I was it was like I was able to have both, yeah. to, to make decent money professionally and be a professional artist and get paid to do that. yeah. And so with, you know, the expiration of that spoken word ministry that you and I, you know, helped start and not having regular stages to like put these spoken word poems out 
Two, that I know helped people, I was like, let me start a podcast where I can release my spoken word on the podcast so that it's there. Yeah. It is always there. People can go back because I had never released. I did release one album. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's a phantom spoken word album on Spotify, but it wasn't good. It was like the first joint. No one's first spoken word album is amazing. Okay. Um, but I was like, in lieu of not having an album, in lieu of not publishing a work, let this be my publishing, you know, to like put these on the podcast. And in between me releasing a poem and breaking it down and talking about how, you know, it could help and encourage and support somebody, I'll do interviews. So then I started lining up all the artistic people in my life so that I could schedule you all for interviews for the podcast. And by this time, you and I had had like maybe four or five genuine interactions over the years to where I thought I could probably reach out to Amina and ask if she would be a guest on my show. You were my earlier ones. Yo. Yeah. I will tell y'all, I feel like because we still had a lot of mutual friends and because we were both involved in poetry community, I would see you out. And I always felt like even though I knew that you were pissed <laughs> at me for how I <laughs> did that breakup, I knew that you were pissed about that. <laughs> But after being in therapy and going on my own <laughs> healing journey, I really didn't feel defensive about the fact that you were pissed about it. You did not. You never came off as defensive. I really felt like, yeah, she's pissed off at you and understandably so. Yeah. So however her pissed off feelings come out this time interacting <laughs> with her, you just you need to just accept deal that. with it. Yeah, you, you did. You genuinely came with open heart and arms every single time you initiated conversation with me during that period. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast, 
So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. I felt like you were never like, don't talk to me. But in the first couple of interactions, you were definitely being very clear to me that like this conversation is only going to last for so many minutes. Right. right. <laughs> and it's only going to involve so many subjects. Right. <laughs> and there's certain subjects that I'm never talking to you yeah. about, yeah, period, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and you got to respect that because I feel like when you do have a friend breakup, you can't go back into that person's life. And like, it's like when you're close friends with someone, it's like emotionally, they're giving you the keys to their house. Yeah. You know, where they're saying like, hey, you can walk in. Other people can't come in if the house ain't clean, right. if I didn't right. feel good or whatever, right. but you can come in. Yeah. And when you break up with a friend, you can't take the house key. The locks is changed. You can't, I'll, even if the locks ain't changed, you can't take the house key back to the door and just be like, boop, I'm here. I just, I was in the neighborhood because they're going to be looking at you like, I'm my and, neighborhood? And? So what? <laughs> so every time I would see Salita, I would always spend an extra few minutes just like saying, hey, we have a little couple of exchanges. And then when I had the time and healing to realize how hurtful that breakup was to you. Then I would try, I think along my healing journey, there were like layers of things I was realizing. So when like layer one, when I would see you, I would be like, also, I just want to let you know that. And then like, I would realize layer two. Right. So the next time we saw each other and we could talk like that, I yeah. would be like, I know we're at the corner of somebody else's party, but right. also wanted to let you know that I realized it's not okay to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I didn't even realize oh I was gosh. doing These that so many times. Really yes. Like you, before the ultimate apology, I received at least like two or three <laughs> mini apologies in the small interactions that we were having. Like, and it was, it always caught me off guard because you, you were initiating all of this, which was your responsibility to, yes, yes. you know, we'll discuss, but it's, you know, it was just like. Oh, we're at a slam competition and we might connect about something not friend or heart related. Yeah. Oh, did you see that score creep? Damn, what happened there? Like that person shouldn't have a one. And then like hand on shoulder, maybe, maybe a little pinch and, you know, look me in my eye and just now I know okay, I'm like a moment is about to happen. We, about to, <laughs> we are about to have a moment. Lord, like I am. <laughs> okay. All right. You said it to me last time. Right. I don't need it again. <laughs> I just, you know, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I just want you to know that you still, you know, I still, I still see you. Like, you're still my homie, like, or something, something like that. And, you know, and I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that things went down the way they did, but I just want you to know that you, I still see you. I still be paying attention and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Like stuff like that. Yeah. That you would say, you know, and it'll be a quick moment and I would just be like, <laughs> okay, holding the lump in my throat. <laughs> no hug. I'm just going to... Yeah, okay. I'm just going to walk okay. away. Okay, <laughs> no hug. No hug for you. I'm just going to walk away. Hugging is a it's a big deal. If you get a you get a hug out of me, that's it's a big deal. But, yeah. Yes. It's so wild to think about that now. But, yes, y'all, I tried to... <laughs> I think as I was figuring out, like, yo, you could have done that better. Then it was like every time I would see you, I would be like... I just want you to know, I know I could have done that better. <laughs> and I know that now that I realize I could have done it better, doesn't mean that we got to go back to that. Right, but right. I just want you to know, like, the vibes. And you would be like, the first couple times you were like, all right. And then you would go get something to drink and be like, okay. But, like, after, like, the third time, I could tell you were like, all right, okay. I mean, yeah. it still don't mean we kicking it, but. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I, I receive it. So when you reached out to me about the podcast yeah. interview. Yeah. I was excited that you were doing a podcast because I thought it was just a very dope idea and the lens from which you were doing your creative work, like that made perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So I was excited to get to be a part of that. I was really honored that you asked me and I was looking forward to the recording. And I think yeah. you came here to yes. the house and yep. recorded. And then after we, first of all, the recording, just it was like all of the 
you know how like I do feel like when we use chemistry, we're often talking about, you know, sexual chemistry between two people, Mm -hmm. um, which we know is a real thing. But I think we don't talk enough about like friendship Friendship chemistry chemistry. that can happen, too, because when we were in the recording it was like, it just felt like it was filling up the room, Goodness, the fact yeah. that we had all this friendship chemistry between us. Yeah. And then when the recording was over, it was like, that was your first time being in my first house. Yes. And, you know, being in my office and everything. And so we were kind of like chit-chatting and that was the warmest our interactions had felt in a long time. And yeah. so I was like, yo. I it was wonder, really good. Yo, yeah. maybe we gonna, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not ever gonna do the every Friday thing, but no, maybe no, a Friday no, sometime. No, no, yeah, <laughs> sometime will. Okay, so from there, yeah, after we record the episode for your podcast, yeah, then we are approaching our college reunion. Yes, coming up, right? Same month. Mm-hmm. The podcast was like earlier in that month, and later in that month was going to be our was 15? it fifteen? It was our fifteen year. Spelman College reunion. And we had such a nice and natural, there was nothing forced, nothing held back, laughed and cackled like we had been doing it for years. It was so like natural, whatever, that you and I planned to kind of do reunion together, yeah. like to meet there and to hang out together and have on our white dresses. <laughs> yeah, because it it's a Spelman tradition, y'all. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, something is different here. This is different than these other little small little moments we've had over the past 13 years. Like there's something sustaining that feels like it's in motion at this time. Yeah. And then we had scheduled for our cohort, our like class of 2002, like just our little small group of people to like go out to dinner that night. So I asked you, hey, after reunion, can I just come back to your place and hang out and change and then we'll go have dinner and y'all, here I go trying to have another emotional conversation with Salida. I just really, <laughs> and I, maybe because I felt like it's different when we were meeting up at poetry events because there's all these people around and, yeah. you know, like you can't yeah. really like get into it, get into it. But also I think the interview for your podcast was the first time that I felt like y'all really think maybe there's still friendship here for us, yeah. but I would love to move into that really respectfully and I wanted to know from you the vibes if you felt like that or if you were like nah like I'm I'm it's cool with us it's cool yeah yeah but yeah. like I'm good I yeah. don't need us to do this thing <laughs> you're trying to do yeah even though I felt the vibes from you I felt like maybe you were open to that and I was like I feel like a lot of healing has happened a lot of time has gone by maybe this could be a thing yes so then I feel like we had like the big conversation yes. where for the first time we sort of like, I mean, what we're walking through with y'all, we actually did that day much more in depth. And Salida was much more like blunt with me about <laughs> how that moment actually felt for her. Yeah. What she felt I did wrong in the way that I communicated that and the way I'd handled it, how it brought hurt to her. Like you said to me, like, I wasn't supposed to have my wedding without you. Right. I wasn't supposed to have my first child and my pregnancy and my baby shower without you. Like I get home with my baby and I'm looking around. I'm thankful for everybody, you know, in my life. But I'm looking around thinking like it's not supposed to be that my kid doesn't know you. Right. And doesn't know who you are. Like that's not how this was supposed to be. And like for me... To have to hear you say it to me. Yeah. And take it because it was true. Yeah. And so I think that day for me was like, it was good for me as the person that did the breakup in a not good way to have to hear how that actually transpired in your life. Not just the moment that I said it, but all the other reverberations yeah. to come after that. And then having a little bit of a moment to sort of get to know, I don't think we did all the like, what you been doing 13 years? I don't think we did that, yeah. but it was like a, here's where I'm at right now as a woman in my life. And I think you did the, here's where I'm at now. And I think we did talk that day to say, what does this mean to us as far as... Right, what does it look like Yeah, going forward? And I think we both agreed, like, I don't think we need to set any, like, every three Tuesdays. We we'll- don't have to do that. Lord God, help <laughs> <You know>? us. <laughs> like, nobody has time for that. No. But just like, let's hang out and yeah. kick it as it feels organic to us. Right. And let's communicate in the ways that feel organic to us and let's see. Yeah. 
Okay, so that was May. And I have to say that that year you came to my house for Thanksgiving. It was that year. It was that year. Yeah. That so year. you came to my house for Thanksgiving. Maya was right. there for Thanksgiving right. and might have been another friend of ours. But I remember, yes, normally I have a house full of people for Thanksgiving. But that was the first time, of course, that all of us had Thanksgiving together, together. since since college yeah. and yeah. 20s and everything. Yeah. And so for me, thinking about the fact that, you know, I had had a miscarriage a couple of years before around the time of Thanksgiving. And so yeah. sometimes the grief would be like very, very overwhelming. Sometimes I wouldn't want to see nobody. Sometimes I want to see everybody. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know how you're going to feel till you get to Thanksgiving Day or whatever. And I remember looking around at my house and you and Maya being in my house and just thanking God yeah. because there's a lot of like layers of friends you'll have that you'll have reasons you appreciate them. But I realized in that moment it is nice to have friends you have history with that knew you when your haircut was ugly or, <laughs> you know. You had that first natural. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like them. knew you, you was wearing your jeans way too baggy for your body or whatever. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and looking around and being like, we weren't even close enough at that time that any of you knew I'd had a miscarriage. Nope. But the comfort that it brought to me that y'all felt like home to me. And that I felt like that was a gift to have you returning to my life at this time that I'm trying to grapple with this and yeah. figure this out, as well as having upheaval in my career and feeling like I wanted to leave Christian space at that point. You know, like, so it was to me like the friendship returned at yeah. a time that I really needed it. I mean, what what were those vibes like for you? <sighs> Was that the Thanksgiving? It was also my birthday that landed on Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, I think you're right. I think my because birthday, we bake like a pie. Yep, we bake did. like an extra a sweet, sweet potato, potato pie, pie just, just for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like you look at how 2017 started, and by the end of it, I'm celebrating my birthday with one of the closest people I've ever known in my whole life. Somebody I've done so much with. And I've done a lot with a lot of people, and I'll, you know, I'll do yeah. and build with people in my life, but we were so concentrated in what we executed together. There has not been, and I don't know if there ever honestly will be anybody that I've ever done so much concentrated, executed work yeah. with. Yeah. And you were out of my life for so many years. Yeah. And then here we are in this moment, kicking it like nothing happened, but also fully aware that something had happened and being completely different people in that moment than we were when things ended 13 years earlier. Yeah. And I really want to commend you because you really took the chance to put yourself out there. Like when I asked if you would be a guest on my show, graciously accepting, but then not only that, like as we sat down to think about, okay, what are we going to talk about on this episode? What we, and you like trusting me with the real story behind Yo, that's, yes. TV sitcoms poem. Yeah. You know, that was the first time I'd ever said that publicly. And I don't think on anyone else's show that I yeah. would have felt comfortable to say it. Mm. But because it was you and because I knew the lens from which you were wanting to do the show and how you were using that lens to do your poetic work. I honestly think if that had been anybody else's podcast, I never would have said that. Wow. But I felt comfortable doing that because I was with you. And that's crazy. We hadn't been talking, communicating, and here we are. And you in that moment are, are saying, I still see you as somebody that creates a comfortable enough environment for me to be my full self. And in recognizing that, that's why I felt safe with whatever the next steps were for this new chapter of our friendship. Because I was like, wow, I was literally trusted with that moment. We're still connected. We're still bonded after all this time, you know? Yeah. And that really helped prepare my heart and my mind for when, you know, you did initiate like the full, full, full apology later at a reunion where I was able to receive all of it, number one, and also release all of the past. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't, I don't know. I sobbed. <laughs> I don't know. When's the last time I sobbed like that? Yeah. You know, just listening to you and giving you an opportunity to talk. And it was such a release. It was like cleansing, palate yep. cleansing. And then from that moment on, it was like, 
Yo. We good. Yo. Like, so like, good. We good. And that was 2017. That was four years ago. Yo. The years have melted by. Mm-hmm. You know, we never established how often we needed to talk or nothing like that. But we've maintained a pretty consistent connection yeah. over this time. Yeah. Pretty genuine. And I've come to Thanksgiving <laughs> multiple almost times. Every now. year since then. <laughs> Multiple times, and we love to see it. You said this when we were preparing for this episode, and I love being able to close with talking about what we feel like this experience taught us or what we feel like we learned from having had close friendship when we were younger at this very, like, sort of developmental time. And then in what are sort of the middle years when you're, like, developing your career and some of your early relationships and for you like this journey into motherhood not having those years together but somehow some way returning back to each other at this time where we both had no idea how much we're going to need each other like showing up for each other yeah Yeah. so like talk to me about that and talk to me about any other lessons you can think of that you feel like you've learned or that we've learned together through the process Yeah. Well, I'll first I'll just say like, you know, you talked about how having us at Thanksgiving was like what you needed at that moment and not even realizing the degree that you needed it. And then I didn't know that within a year's time of that, I was going to really need my friends and the friends that I had made at college as reconnecting in that moment, like life was about to take some kind of turns for me where I had no idea how important and vital you guys were about to become. Yeah. But, you know, even after that, you know, I had the opportunity to show up for you, which I'm just so grateful that, you know, we were able to like reconnect right at that moment. But then like, I realized my marriage is ending, you know, I'm about to get a divorce and you showing up for me in that moment was everything. Yeah. You saying that I love you no matter what, I stand by you no matter what, you'll never be judged by me was what I needed And because of our history, there's not another person I can think of that could have showed up in quite the same way as the core friends that I had in you guys, you know? And then after divorcing and, you know, now I'm facing single life again, it's just like, how am I going to do this this time? How am I going to live my life and making the decision that I'm going to be my fully fabulous gay self. Okay. I'm going to do this. Yes. This is what, yes, yes, Mm -hmm. it is time. I'm ready, Mm -hmm. you know, and you fully standing by me in that as well. Like when I'm like prepping my coming out video and you're like texting me the night before, like, yo, I just want to make it very clear. Like if anybody's in your comments and they say something crazy, I'm going to be right there. I'm going to reply huh? immediately. Okay. Immediately. And y'all, okay. y'all already met my sister, okay? Right. My oh, sister Nikita knew Salita was, like, was doing a coming out video. My sister was like, we, we both was in the comments. Like, right. my sister was like, I wish somebody would. If somebody go low, I'm going to hell. Y'all heard okay. her say it on this podcast. Y'all heard my sister say it, so you know. That's right. Yes, I love keto. Oh my gosh. Man, but it was just like, I don't know. God's timing is perfect. Yeah. You know, because yeah. exactly what I needed and you were right there. You know, you know we've talked about so much and our friendship and what we've learned and and how we, but one thing, you know, that I think we both learned is just like friendships are built in the showing up moments. Yeah. And, you know, it's those showing up moments that really show the authenticity and the depth of the relationship you have with the person is your ability to show up and not just to show up, but to show up when it is taboo, (sighs) to show up when it is unpopular to show up. To show up when the Christian space that you came from pegs and puts their finger on the exact thing that you have to walk through, that that is like the most abominable <laughs> topics. Mm-hmm. And you saying, no, you, I've known you your whole life. Mm-hmm. I've watched you your whole life. I am not surprised. At all. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally at yes, all. <laughs> it is time. It's about, it's about time. Okay. Actually. And then another thing is in reevaluating our friendship and then Also looking at how I've been able to navigate my friendships post our breakup, you know, first of all, I learned to diversify, (laughs) you know. Right, that part. Right, one person can't fill all the things, you know, like. And that's okay. Your cycling buddy over here, your spoken word buddy over here, you know, your 
cooking buddy over here, mm-hmm. your talk shit about a you know documentary or a song over here, mm-hmm. like you know people that work in different... your field or your industry over there. Right, yeah, right, right, and that's okay. We don't have to be in each other's pockets for everything all the time. Yeah, you know there is space in all of my friendships because you only satisfy one part of me. And then I'm, there's another part I'm getting from somebody else and another part I'm getting from somebody else. And learning and understanding those those boundaries and, and that that dynamic relationship has really helped to create healthy, long-lasting mm. friendships. Yeah. And another thing, the last thing that I, I remember talking to you about was how I learned, I was listening to this podcast called Life Kit, uh-huh. the Life Kit podcast. And it talked about recognizing when your friendship is going to change. Yeah. And- a good healthy friendship is built on three key components. If you think of like an equilateral triangle mm-hmm. where all sides are even, you know, and one side is consistency, one side is vulnerability, and one side is positivity. I love it. Those three things have to kind of be balancing each other out in your friendship. And oftentimes when you feel like it's changing, yeah, it's because one of those is off kilter. There's too much vulnerability and not enough positivity or... There's a lot of positivity, but you aren't meeting consistently. You aren't seeing each other on any kind of cadence, you know. And a lot of times when a friendship is changed, it's one of those three aren't quite at the level that they're supposed to be, yeah. you know. And I can identify in us, you know, we were in each other's pockets a lot. Mm-hmm. But so we had the consistency, but lacking in vulnerability, lacking in positivity, and, you know, that just creates an atmosphere where a friendship can't thrive. Yeah. You know, so these are some of the things that I've learned and tried to apply in my adult relationships going forward. Yeah. I feel like one of the things I learned, especially in this season of our friendship, was showing up for you in the way you needed me to. Mm-hmm. And I do think, <laughs> I don't know if this is just like a weird thing that was at like our church culture thing. But I feel like sometimes there was this attempt to sort of like go overboard in the ways you were going to like celebrate or show up for someone. Like if it was like we we used to have very lavish birthdays we were planning for everyone. And, you know, if you were turning 25, then we got to do a surprise thing for you and we and a scavenger hunt during the day that leads you to the venue where we're going, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And if that person loves those things, okay. Right. But maybe you've done a big old thing and they would have rathered a little small intimate thing, you know, or like you would rather us go to Top Golf than go to the mat counter and do, you know, like you don't want that. No. And so I do think earlier on it was sort of like, it was sort of like, we need to establish these friendship rules that work for everybody all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll have different seasons of your life. And we're all different people. So like what you might be doing for this friend, you might not do that for the other friend. Yeah. And I even remember like after you opened up to me to be like, hey, I think my marriage is ending. And of course, we had some times we would meet up and talk about that. Yeah. And then I decided to ask you like, yo, like sometimes do it be like on your nerves that we talk about it? Right. Sometimes would you rather like do something else? And you were like, actually, I would. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I would rather positivity. just go do we need something. The positivity, the balance. And I was like, yes. yo, I got these free tickets to this random cartoon yes. from this PR company I'm working with. So you want to go see like a random cartoon or right. something? And you were like, I would love to see a random cartoon we right now. Dolls. Yeah. You were like, right. I would love to do that. And not have to talk about this all the time. All the time. Like, I know yeah. you here if yeah. I want to talk about it. Yeah. And even when you looked at me and said... My marriage is ending and I'm pretty sure my marriage is over. It's women for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> it and is I time. was like, yeah. And I'll look back at you like, word up. Word up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. You said you was 18 years old. Yeah. I want my friend to be free. I don't care. Yeah. Word up. But like to ask you how you want me to be here for you and not assume, even though I love you and I'm close to you, that I know. Yeah. yeah. Because I might not know. I feel like that's one lesson. I will say for those that are going to have to be a person that does a friend breakup, I feel like, first of all, if I could do that all over, Mm -hmm. I think I would have said the things that I said here. I think I would have said, like, here's where the rub is for me. Yeah. And here's what's going on with me. 
and like, I want to kick it with you and I want to have this space over here. Is that cool with you? And maybe Salida then would have been like, thank you. That's all I want to know what you doing, dog. Like, fine. Go to your salsa classes. I'm not going, but go to your salsa class. (laughs) You know, do whatever that is. Hey, have a good time. We can kick it at a different time when you're done doing that or whatever. Like, I think that our friendship would have potentially been able to handle that. Or if it couldn't have, then we would have known like, well, then we do need to take this break. But it wouldn't have felt as abrupt. Right. And it wouldn't have felt as hurtful. It would have been hurtful to have to break up or have space anyways. But I don't think it would have felt as abrupt and hurtful as it did to you because then we're mutually deciding this is what we need to do, you know? Giving the other person the opportunity to rise to the maturity level of the conversation that the two of you are having, maybe you can mutually decide, you know? Yeah. You you never know where the other person is and whether they'll even be able to hear it. But finding the correct language is very crucial. Yeah. And I don't think we're not saying... You know, sometimes it is necessary to initiate a friendship breakup. Yeah. I I really think that had we gone on, we probably would have created something that would have been even more devastating and that we couldn't have come back from. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it just, you know, it is what it is. But being able to to be honest with yourself about what is actually going on inside of me. Like, why am I having these feelings and having the courage (laughs) and the wisdom to articulate that to your friend is going to be crucial, you know. Friendship breakups happen just like relationship breakups right. happen. It's right. a thing, you know, but then also friendship rekindlings yeah. can happen just like you can get back together with an ex, you know, like a friendship has that same amount of weight, if not more, Yo. and requires that level of vulnerability and conversation and honesty, Yeah, you know? And I think it's dope about friendship being different from romantic relationships in the sense that I feel like you're more likely to possibly have some friendships that would rekindle. Mm. You know, you may you may yeah. date somebody and yeah, break yeah, yeah, up yeah. and discover like, ah, oh, we could get back together. But the percentages of like you might have some friendships that would be in that category versus will the other. be higher yeah. because you'll be able to keep multiple friendships in your life. And I do think a part of the reconnecting is not assuming the time commitment or the closeness. Right or whatever that was before the breakup, not assuming that it's going to return. The hope is you're going to create a new thing that's for who the people are now and where you are now and giving each other that space and respecting if the trust has to be rebuilt, not assuming now you just get to know all the secrets and all the stuff going on. Maybe that person ain't ready to talk to you about that. Maybe they're going to take their time figuring out what to say to you and what feels comfortable but if you're the person that did the breaking up, let them yeah, and follow their lead on that. You're yeah. not the one who gets to decide. I feel like there's too many relationship situations where the person who does the hurting walks in like, okay, well, I said I'm sorry now and I'm ready for this to be Let's over. I'm ready yeah. for you to not be dealing with these emotions now. <laughs> we need to move on. It's always yeah. the person that did the yeah. hurtful shit that's like, we need to move on. You don't get to decide the person who got hurt. Yeah. You did the hurting. Your job is to be like, I'm sorry, I'm here now. What are the vibes? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And if you're the one who yes. got hurt in the process, then it's your job to decide how comfortable do you feel with the person? How slow do you want to go? How does the trust get rebuilt? But we are a testament that it's possible. I mean, I'm thankful that you came on the podcast. Mm. And that we told these people yeah. a little bit of our business. Well, just and we bit. hope it helps y'all. Right. <laughs> but I'm also just, I'm thankful for you in my life, man. Like, it's it's forever for us now. You're like yeah. literally never going to get rid of me now. And you might regret that a couple times. You might be like, <laughs> man, why did I have that conversation with her? Now she's always around here. God, texting no me and stuff. Man, me wow. All the time. <laughs> Yes, this is this 15-minute Voxer message that you just left Okay, because I'll be leaving a long one. I'll be like, you know, but check it when you can. All right. (laughs) So I just love you, girl. I love you too, Mina. I really appreciate you being open to us kind of unfolding some of this in a public space. So you know where my heart is, girl. Always. Let's do that. That's color purple. My key. Yes. It's everything. Y'all, I love a happy ending, but you know what I love even more? A healthy beginning. Sometimes the relationships in our lives don't arrive at happy endings, although I'm so glad my friendship with Salida did. 
But even more than a happy ending, we were able to give a healthy new beginning to our friendship. Special shout out to my good friend, Salita Williams, for joining me in this episode. You can follow Salita at 11locks on Instagram, and you can follow her podcast and poetry at I'm Simply Artistic on Instagram. To learn more about her creative work, visit imsimplyartistic.com. I know friendships can be challenging. Our friends can be the ones that hold us up when times are hard, and sometimes our friendships can be a place that can break our hearts in the deepest of places. I hope listening in on this conversation with Salita and me is helping you to assess and evaluate your own friendships. Ask yourself this. Do you have any friends in your life that you need to reach out to, reconnect with, to see how they're doing, to have an honest conversation, to let them know you're thinking about them, to apologize to them and make things right when possible? How can you show up for your friends? Have you asked your friend lately how they would like you to show up for them or hold space for them? And lastly, how can you show up for yourself? My therapist reminded me a couple of years ago that I am my own best friend too. If you are a person who doles out all the care for your friends, how can you make sure you are showing that same care and gentleness to yourself? Thanks for listening. Amina Brown is produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.